Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Y'all doing well today? Good. I am so thrilled today because we have a great opportunity. This week, um, we have a pastors and church leaders conference here in Richmond. It's part of our church network called MFI or Ministers Fellowship International. We're going to be at our brothers and sisters church, Lux Church in Richmond on Monday night and Tuesday. Our worship team is going to be uh, leading worship tomorrow night uh, for that. It's going to be just a great night. And um, We're just so thankful, and we just shamelessly have taken advantage of the fact that this regional conference is happening this week because uh, pastors uh, Steve and Barb Williams were coming into town, and we just said, hey, why don't you just kind of come into town a day early? and uh, come hang out with some really amazing people in Goochland, Virginia. They've heard about how amazing Goochland, Virginia is, but now they get to taste and see how good it really is. And, uh, and so we're really thrilled to have them here. They're awesome pastors. They pastored a church in Albuquerque, New Mexico for 25 years, and they're retired on the West Coast, and they really spend their time encouraging um, pastors and it's just kind of their, their life's work in this season of their life, and that's what they've come to do here in Richmond uh, in the next couple days. And you're just going to love them and their spirit. And so will you give them a warm victory welcome as they come up to say hello and to share? Hey. <laughs> Well, I just want to let you know it's so good to be here. We have, I have looked forward to this trip. I have looked forward to coming to your church. I love your pastor and his wife. They are amazing people. You are truly blessed to have them. Um, and I just felt I had a, just a little verse for you guys. It's in Psalms 84. I just felt like this is kind of like the heart of your church. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints. The courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Verse 4 Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Verse 5 Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Blessed are in whose heart are the highways to Zion. And I love that phrase, in whose heart are the highways to Zion, because to me that tells you that this church treasures the presence of God. And, and they pursue the pathway of worship into his presence. And that, God delights in that. And so God has his delight on this house, on this family. And uh, it's truly an honor to be here and a joy. And I just, uh, well, you know, I'm praying for you guys. You're in my heart. And I'm, I'm praying for y'all. God bless you. All right. Good morning. Who is this bald guy coming up here? I met a guy named James outside, and he said, Pastor Mike said you'd be bald, and so, you know, it's kind of hard to hide that, you know. James, I did say that. Huh? I did say that. You did. I just wanted to get the icebreakers out of the way right up front. Part of my 
mission in life, as Mike said right now, is just being a great encouragement to pastors and leaders. And another part of it is uh, intercessory prayer for churches and leaders. And, I, and we pray for you. I pray for Mike every week. He's part of our regional directors team with Ministers Fellowship International. And, you know, I know a little bit about you as a church. I know that you have a global vision. And uh, you should give yourselves a hand for that. Come on. He was telling me he sent a team into Egypt, and you connected with the United Kingdom and some other places. And I just think it's outstanding that a church in Goochland says, let's go into all the world. Amen. That this great commission thing is... We can be engaged in it wherever we are. And uh, anyhow, and I think that uh, you, you are blessed, Barbara said that, with Pastor Mike and Elizabeth. They're a regional director with Ministers Fellowship International. And I have to say, they're one of the best that we have. They do a great job of pastoring pastors, and I know they do a great job of pastoring you. Sometimes you think, oh, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. Well, you have a footprint. And your footprint is global. It's, it's global. It's not just, oh, we're out here in the little country church. No, you have a global footprint that's impacting leaders around the world. And it's powerful when you catch a vision, no matter where you are, that we can make a difference. And you are making a difference as a church. And I'd like to just say this. You're just getting started. Amen? Amen. You're just getting started. Amen. I've been involved with church leadership for over 40 years, but I was not raised in church. You know, I was a, I was a heathen. I was raised in a family with six. I guess I'm contained. I have to be a good boy here. Am I on video too? Lord, help me. Oh, I am? Oh, welcome to everybody online. I've just come, and by the way, you know, I was a good boy. We pastored a church for 25 years, and, and um, you know, we loved people, and we did all that stuff, and then I've kind of gotten unleashed into my prophetic gifting, and so I, I do have a new job description, and um, it's this. I'm supposed to comfort, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable, so. <laughs> you know. Mike said, you can preach as long as you want, but we go home at 12.15, so I got to... <laughs> Let me get on track here. Anyhow, I, I was a heathen. I, was, I, I wasn't saved in 1973. I was 24 years old. I was a broken-hearted, drunken pothead, and God invaded my life. I wasn't around preaching. I wasn't in a church. I wasn't in any of those places. I was sitting at a red light in my car. The Holy Spirit came in, came on me. I had an open vision of my life that flashed in front of me. I tell people it scared the hell out of me. I thought I was dying, and I knew I was in trouble. And I'd watch people, and the Lord put this guy's name in my head. His name was Danny. I hadn't seen him in years. He was a drug dealer. I got a hold of his mom, found out where he lived, went and got him. He wasn't there that day, but the next day the same thing happened again. I was in my shower, and, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do, and the same spirit came into my car, came into my shower, had the same open vision, got out of the shower, and I'm looking in the mirror saying, there's something wrong with you. You, you have pushed this so, so far. I, mean, I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. I read in the Bible, he convicts us of our sin. I got convicted 
apart from preaching, apart from everything else, went to, back to this guy's house. He was a hippie's hippie drug dealer, you know. He said, what are you doing here? And I said, I don't know. And we started having a conversation. And <laughs> he invited me in, and uh, he had had an encounter with Jesus, like the Apostle Paul. And he started talking to me about Jesus. And I said, I got to run and get out of here. <laughs> this is not what I came here for. But that presence, I was sitting on his little couch, and that presence was there, and I was pinned to his couch. I wasn't going anywhere. And finally, he was talking to me. He got some Bible verses. I don't even know what he said. But he got some Bible verses out and was talking to me and asked me if I wanted to receive Jesus. And I just stopped him. I said, Danny, I just want to know this. Are are you happy? This is what I said, because I sure as hell am not a happy person. He said, Steve, I have joy. And when he said, I have joy, it was like an echo chamber in my head. And I said, I, I could use some joy, and he started praying, and I mumbled some prayer, but that Holy Spirit that was on me came in me, and I left that house that night a totally different person. God, God invaded, invaded my life. And, um, you know, <laughs> I, I recently reconnected with the first pastor I had. He was an AG pastor, and I, he, he contacted me on Facebook, and we, we had, we've had a couple conversations and I, I literally have been blessed. Barbara and I have been blessed. We have, we have been all over the planet. I have been all over this planet preaching and prophesying and working with church leaders. And I was telling him that. And I said, Pastor Norris, if you would have told me when I was 24 what would have happened with my life, I, I would have never believed it. He said, I wouldn't have either, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, God is into transformation business. And he picks who he picks and chooses who he uses. And you're never too far for him to apprehend your life. Amen? So therefore, I want to talk today about our God is a consuming fire. He is a consuming fire. There are four distinct statements in the New Testament that describe God, saying God is. And by the way, He is the living God. He is not a figment of our imagination. He is alive. Jesus said this in John chapter 4, that God is spirit. God is spirit. He is breath. He breathes upon us. Just, Just as Adam received the breath of God in the garden, when we are born again, when we come into the kingdom of God, Jesus himself breathes his life into us. We get a new heart. We get a new spirit. We get a new beginning. All things become new, and he breathes upon us. It's what Ezekiel talked about. He breathes, and we come alive in the spirit. So how many are thankful that he, he breathes on us? He is spirit. John said this, God is light, and in him is no darkness. Saul of Tarsus met God who is light. Uh, on the road to Damascus. By the way, I'm glad to be in Virginia right now. I have been demasked. <laughs> I've been on that road to Damascus. I got demasked. I got, it's, it's freedom, you know. So, Oregon's a little bit behind, but we're getting there. You know, so. Saul of Tarsus met God who is light. You know, the Bible says Jesus is the brightness of his image. We think the sun is bright. He's brighter. When we're born again, we literally are transferred from darkness to light. When we come into God's kingdom, we are transferred from darkness 
to light. There have been historic revivals when this beaming shaft of light showed up inside of a church and people were absolutely transformed by the living presence of God. John also said this, God is love or he is agape, which is pure, holy, unmotivated love. When I say unmotivated, it doesn't matter if you're tall or short, if you're sinful and have hair, or if you look like me. You know, it, it doesn't matter where you're at, you cannot stop the fact that God loves you. He loves you because that is who he is. He is agape. He's agape. He, he pours his love into our hearts. That's what Romans says. He pours it in. It's not just a little bit. It's an overwhelming deluge of his love that gets poured into our heart system. Agape is part of our root system. We are rooted and grounded in love. It's poured into us. We're rooted into it. It's the foundation of God's kingdom. And and when you know the love of God, and Paul prayed that, that you would know the love of God, you begin to find out that you are accepted. You you don't earn it. He calls you accepted. And when, When you find that out, there comes a security and an identity and a belonging and a God confidence that begins to work in your life. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, the writer of Hebrews, whom I think is probably Paul, but people want to argue about that. I just say it's in the Bible, yet let's use it. Hebrews chapter 12, somewhere I have that. (laughs) Hebrews 12 says this, verse 25, don't refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he's promised this, saying, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, you, you have received and you are receiving an unshakable kingdom in your life. Let us have grace where we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is, say that with me, our God is a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. In a materialistic, driven culture where we are consumers, it's hard for us to get a hold of this, but we don't consume God, he consumes us. That's really good. See, we, we come to him with our shopping list. I'll have a little bit of this, and a little bit of this, and a little bit of this, and a little... Come on, God, do for me. But that's a little bit of an unbiblical thinking. Just a little. I might suggest that maybe we should just lay down and surrender and say, here I am. Come and consume me. Put put something inside of me 
that I can't get away from. Let a fire from heaven, you who are this living breath and this light and this life, put a passion inside of me that I cannot get away from. I, 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 by the way, I am a little bit of a preacher, so I act some things out and I get, you know, I'm a little bit animated. And I know that Mike is very conservative, would never do this stuff, but I do it. So anyhow... God consume us. When there's a great shaking going on in the earth, plagues, wars, instability, little virus comes along, we should expect the consuming fire to ignite some passions inside of the church. Psalms 119, there's five statements about revival, and the word revival means quicken, restore, bring to life, or to light an internal fire. Revival lights an internal fire. See, we think, God, let a revival come upon us, let something come down and get on us. I would like to suggest that maybe revival gets on the inside and works its way out because there's an internal fire that gets lit inside of us. So the psalmist said this, and I'm, instead of using the word lie, revival, I'm going to say this, light a fire according to your word. Light, light a fire according to your ways. By the way, this is a relational journey. There are God's ways. and Light a fire according to your righteousness, according to your morality, according to your justice. We, we got a whole trend in our culture today, social justice, this justice, that justice. Listen, there's a biblical justice. There's a God who gave his son for the sins of the world, and, and he said this, this is the price that I paid for you, and there's justice here. You've got to come to that thing. I paid the price, and it's here, and it's available, but we all... We all have to come to the cross. When we start thinking about living a life with justice in it, we've got to think about God's justice first. That's free. That's not in my notes. Light a fire according to your judgments. Let the unclean in me get burned out of me. Revive me according to your loving kindness. Let, let mercy and truth kiss each other. Let mercy and reproof. See, revival brings a cleansing. Lighting a fire brings a cleansing. And so what's in us that shouldn't be in us comes out of us. That's the surrendered life. Consume me. You start praying that prayer, God will take you up on it. Promise you, he will. John the Baptist said this about Jesus. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, walking down the road to Emmaus with two disciples opening up the scriptures. When he left, they said, didn't our hearts burn inside? Acts 2, tongues of fire came upon them and within them. Tongues of fire came upon them and within them. Fire does three things. Fire cleanses out the impurities. Gold and silver go through a burning process to get the dross out of them. See, when we say, let a revival happen in me, God, get ready 
for some impurities to get exposed. And listen, God's not mad at you. He's helping you. He's not punishing you. He's cleaning you. And, and there's nothing like getting a good shower from God on the inside and getting cleaned up and letting the impurities come out of us. Fire gives opportunity for new life. It gives opportunity for new life. Several years ago, Barbara and I went on a vacation, and we were in a Yellowstone Park, and we were there a couple years after there had been this raging fire that went through the park. A fire went through the park. They had to close it down. They couldn't stop the fire. They let it burn out. We're going through Yellowstone, and all over that park were new sprouts coming up everywhere. See, fire puts the heat into some of the things that need to have heat for the seeds to let go out of the, out of the cones and everything else. And they sprouted, and there was new life everywhere. We say, God, light a fire in the church. That means that the old gets burned up. You know, churches have been able to change. And they are changing. You know, that's what I'm telling pastors all the time. You know, the things that you were doing before that you didn't want to do, you were just doing them to satisfy people. You don't have to do those things anymore. Just say, those were great things, but COVID caused this problem, and we have to start over, and we're just going to do it this way now. So blame COVID, Mike. It's a COVID problem. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not worried about somebody's feelings getting hurt because we're not doing the old anymore. We're stepping into something new. Amen? That's good, Steve. Come on, keep preaching. Fire, listen, it cleanses. It makes way for the new... Fire ignites a passion inside of us. He who is the consuming fire ignites a passion, a fresh desire for God and his kingdom and his presence. Prophets in the Old Testament had some fire encounters. Moses, burning bush, had the pillar of fire, had the altar fires, there was fire in the mountain. Fire with Aaron and his idols, that wasn't a good fire, but, you know, it was a fire. Elijah called fire down from heaven, said he is the God who answers by fire. Why? Because he's the consuming fire. Jeremiah said this, there's a fire burning inside of me. It will not be quenched. I can't help but prophesy. I've got to declare, the word of the Lord is burning inside of my bones, and I've got to let it out. Ezekiel saw the open heavens and and the clouds of heaven, and it said there's a raging fire inside of those clouds. Isaiah got touched, and the coals of fire got put upon his lips. And then they said, he said, who am I going to send? He said, here am I. Send me. In fact, Isaiah prophesied his whole life, and really he felt like there was no impact. And at the end of his book, in Isaiah 64, God, I've done everything I can do, and it's not working. You open the heavens and come on down here. Let let a fire from heaven come down upon the earth. Let the mountains melt at your presence. Let obstacles be disintegrated because you are on the scene. God manifests himself as a consuming fire and goes to work burning away what doesn't belong there and ignites what needs to be there. He's saying, come on down, God. Come and mess with us. 
Can you say that with me? God, you can mess with me. Come on, let's say it with some enthusiasm. God, you can mess with me. I need to be messed with. Amen? We're all a little messy. Amen? Dude, in Exodus, Exodus chapter 24, verse 12, the Lord said to Moses, come on up to me in the mountain. And I'm going to give you the tablets of stone and the law which I've written. He already had them written. He wasn't spending 40 days with Moses writing a tablet. He was spending 40 days with Moses explaining to him what was going to happen. Moses arose, said to the elders, wait here till I come back to you, Aaron and her. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Moses went in the mountain and said, the glory of the Lord rested upon Mount Sinai. The cloud covered it six days. On the seventh day, he said to Moses, come on up. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire in the top of the mountain in the eyes of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. The Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire, verse 12. He declared his covenant, the Ten Commandments. The Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments that you should observe them. Take heed to yourself. Pay attention to what I'm saying here. Take heed to yourselves. For you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb, lest you act corruptly and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of any figure, the likes of male or female, the likeness of any beast that's on the earth, the likeness of a winged bird, likeness of anything, no, no birds, no beasts, no creeps. That's what it says, anything that creeps on the ground, likeness of any fish. And take heed, lest you lift your eyes to the heaven, and when you see the sun and the moon and the stars and the hosts of heaven, and you feel driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord your God has given to you. The Lord has taken you out of the iron furnace of Egypt to be his people in his inheritance. Verse 23, take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant which the Lord has made for you. Verse 24, for the Lord is a consuming fire. He's a jealous God. Moses is saying, remember something. There was a mountain that was burning with fire. You saw something, and God spoke to us that we are to observe and obey his commandments. Then he's saying this. He doesn't want you to worship creation. Your heart will be drawn to do that. Don't do that. You've got to worship creator, not creation. Listen. We are living in a culture that's driven to worship what they see and not the one who made what they see. And Romans 1 says those that worship creation instead of the creator get a little messed up. In fact, he says they have a debased mind. They are not thinking properly. 
They're twisted in their thinking. And we got some twisted thinkers in the Babylon system of the world that we're living in right now. And they don't need to be molding us. Our God needs to be molding us. He who is a consuming, that's what it says. I'm a consuming fire. I'm, I'm a jealous God. Let's not worship creation. Let's worship the creator. People that worship the creation end up with messy minds, messy morals, and ruined lives. And we don't need to get engaged with what they're doing. We need to bring a better world into this world. Amen? He brought us out of Egypt's furnace. See, here's the real world. Everybody's going to burn. We're either going to burn with hell's fire or heaven's fire. You know, we're going to have passions for something. Where are our passions directed? If the consumer has consumed you, your passions are toward him. Moses is saying this. Don't forget his commandment. He's a consuming fire. He's jealous. He's not into sharing. Several years ago, this is now Barbara and I, we, we, we're seniors. I deny it, but, but we're at that age. I mean, we're so old that we know what a blockbuster video store is. How many know what that is? We, we were in a blockbuster video one time, and we were looking to, you know, go find some movie to rent, you know. So she's over by the chick flicks, and she's going over there. I'm over here by the action movies and, and the men flicks. I'm over here, you know. And I glance over, and she's over here. And there's this tall string beam of a guy over here, and he's looking at, you know, the movie things and movie things. And he's getting closer to my wife. I'm, I'm over here, and he's getting closer to my wife, and he scoots over, scoots over. All of a sudden, he puts his arm around her. This five foot seven guy became seven three. Hey! <laughs> Cross the store. That's my wife. The guy, he went, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I thought, get your hands off of my wife. Listen, you go messing with the world and its systems and hell's fire, you're going to hear the voice of God saying, hey, get out of there. You don't belong there. You're for me. You're not for them. He is jealous for his people. Come on. He's jealous for you. People say, how, how do I hear the voice of God? I say, go sin. You're going to hear it. <laughs> Get out of there. You don't belong there. When you walk with them, you hear a still small voice. You get out into danger, you're going to hear a loud voice. Deuteronomy 9.3 says this. He goes before you as a consuming he will destroy them and bring them down before you so you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said to you. This, this consuming fire goes before you to drive out your enemies. He's going to destroy them. But then he says, you've you got to go do the cleanup job. You've you got to drive them out. I, I'm going to expose them for what they are 
But you have to have an occupying mentality that you're going to go in and drive them out. See, in the New Testament, our enemies were destroyed at the cross. They were disarmed. That's what Paul said. Totally exposed. Taken power, taken away from them. And now the church, the consuming fire has gone before us, but we've got to go do something. We've got to drive them out. See, we don't get born again. We don't get filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't get ignited with passions to be a cheerleader. There's no spectators in the kingdom. You know, we, we all have our football teams. Cheer them on, you know, basketball teams, soccer teams, whatever we do. We yell and cheer and holler. And see, the kingdom isn't that way. We're not cheering everybody out. We're supposed to be in the middle of the game. You know, Jesus said, occupy. We find in churches that, you know, we're cheering our pastor on. Get in the fight. <laughs> Come on, get in it with them. Get engaged, get equipped, get trained. You actually were called to do everything that Jesus did. Hey, so we don't get filled with the Spirit to be a spectator. We're actually ignited to become warriors, prayer warriors. You know, people say we have these intercessors in the church. Everybody is an intercessor. My house will be called a house of prayer. We are the house of God. We are called to pray. We are called to intercede. We are called to stand in the gap for people. Oh, you know, sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, they're the intercessors. No, you, you actually are an intercessor. You, your prayers can be powerful. They can make a massive difference. They can stand against evil. The message 16, Jesus, Matthew 16 in the message, Jesus said this, I'm going to build my church. And it's going to be expansive with energy. The old language says whatever you bind on earth will be bound and loose will be loose. But the message says this, a yes on earth is a yes in heaven. Intercessory prayer is saying yes to God. Yes, yes, let heaven come. Yes, yes, yes. And it's also saying no to hell. So say, say this with me. Heaven yes? Hell no. Come on. What did we learn in church today? Come on. Heaven, yes. And hell, no. Listen, your kids get in trouble. You sneak in their room at night and start saying yes to heaven and hell, no. Come on. Your grandkids, listen to me. There's power in this. There is power in it. Steve, you make it sound simple. Listen, the church has such a, done such a great job of making something simple, complex, that nobody thinks that they can do it. This life is a simple life. It's yes to God and no to hell. It's that simple. we got to let the warrior rise up and say, you know, I'm saying yes to the Spirit of God invading my life, and I'm saying hell no to the demonic influences of the world that are trying to influence me. It is not difficult. It's simple. In fact, the Apostle Paul said this, I'm going to fight to keep things simple. It's not difficult. It's simple. I'm not saying it's easy. We're called to be gospel warriors. I, I, I think there's probably some unsaved people around Goochland. 
don't know. I would just think that there are. Why? Because there's humanity here. And humanity is lost. And, and we've got to get good at sharing the gospel. You, you have a story to tell. God has invaded your life. You have a story to tell. You say, well, it happened so long ago. It's, old. it's not old to somebody that's never heard a testimony that God has invaded their life. Amen? So we're called to be gospel warriors, and we're called to be terrorists to the kingdom of darkness. We are. Jesus said this, the kingdom advances, there's going to be opposition, and the violent take it by force. There's got to be something that rises up inside of you, not on my watch. Not on my watch. I was so thankful for the parents in Virginia that stood up and said, not on our watch, you're not doing that to our kids, and that has to rise up all over our country. The church has got to get a wake-up call on it. We're not going to fight, but we're going to say yes to heaven and no to hell. We are called to invade places, not be invaded by them. There's a fire that needs to be lit inside of the church, a revival that needs to come that goes outside of church walls and permeates society and gets into every segment. Not with a I'm better than you attitude. We're here to serve, but we are going to stand for the kingdom and we're going to say no to hell. Come on. That's good preaching, Steve. Come on. It lights a fire. Holy Spirit baptism lights a fire. D.L. Moody was a preacher, and he wasn't very good. Tory said he was pretty insignificant. And two little ladies in his church came up to him. Brother Moody, we are praying for you. What are you praying for me? We're praying that you get the power. (laughs) Moody was so gripped by those two little ladies saying to him, We're praying for you that you get the power that he began to cry out to God, I need your power. He was walking in New York City on Wall Street at a red light. People all around, the Holy Spirit came upon him in the middle of that business society. He was so overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit that he had to leave where he was and go into an office of a friend of his and got on his knees and began to cry out. And he said a power came into his life that kept flooding and flooding and flooding with a fire like liquid love. And people said after that, Moody's got the Holy Spirit. And some people said the Holy Spirit's got Moody. We need the fire. We need the passion. We need the ignition of God in our lives. Finney said this. He was sitting by a fire, meditating about God, and a wave of liquid love came upon him, and a fire came inside of him, and he could no longer not do anything but preach the word of God because there was a fire from heaven that came inside of him. He's a consuming fire. Even in my own life, I was, I was hungry for God. The first year I was saved, I, I, you know, somebody gave me a Gideon's Bible. I, I read that New Testament almost every week. I was hungry. I wanted God. I wanted to be used by God. I saw people being doing tongues and interpretation and words of knowledge. I said, God, I want that. How, how does that happen? I said to a buddy of mine, how does this happen? He said, well, if you're serious about it, you should do some fasting and praying. I said, fasting? What's that? He said, well, you just don't eat for a couple days. About three days. Don't eat what? He said, don't eat anything. <laughs> Drink a little water? Nothing? Nothing. 
How many know when you fast, the refrigerator calls your name? <laughs> Cookie jar. <laughs> I did it. I started fasting, praying. The presence of God started coming upon me. I was in a chapel service at Southeastern College in Florida. Somebody had a message in tongues, and I had an interpretation, and somebody gave a different one. And I, I was so rattled by that. I just thought, God, I, I, I want this to be real. Everybody left that chapel. I was back there all by myself. I got down on my knees, and I started praying in the spirit. I started praying in tongues. God, I want this to be real. I don't want to miss things. And as I was there crying out to God, this cloud of his presence came down upon me. Literally, I was out of my body looking down at this guy praying in tongues, and this holy fire started coming through me, coming through me, coming through me. I don't know how long it went on, but this fire was it. Just before it left, I, I looked down, and it was like golden streets. I was standing on, and boom, I was back in my body. I, I was exhausted. I, I laid there, I don't know how long. I missed a couple classes, and I, I got up, and I, I walked out of the building, and there was a guy waiting for me. He was a senior in the school and well-respected, and he, he said, Steve, he said, you know, he said, you're, you're a new Christian, he said, you got all this zeal and everything else. He said, but you're, you're going to start growing up. You know, you'll get mature and God will use you. And, you know, you'll start settling down. And he said, that fire will go out, but you'll, you, God's still going to use you. you know? I mean, I just had this encounter with God. And this guy's waiting for me, the, the wet blanket. You know, a little wildfire is better than no fire, by the way. David Kitely said this, if... If it's wildfire, there's enough wet blankets in the church to put it out. <laughs> this fire, you know, this guy's telling me your fire will go out. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm looking at him, and I walked away, and I turned around and went back, and I put my finger in his face. I said, this fire will never go out. That was 1974. It has never gone out. It still burns inside of me. It's still this passion, it's still this desire, it's still this longing, it still, still keeps fire burning in me, you know. We transitioned our church. Our son Matt is now pastoring the church. We were setting him in, and prophesying over him, and Ernest Gentile was there. Ernest, one of the older prophetic guys of our movement, he just, he just stopped and he, he looked at me and he put his finger right up close to my face. He said, Steve, God's not done with you. You're going to light fires all over this country. First of this year, that prophetic word just started coming alive to me. We need a light of fire, internal fire, burning in the bones of believers. We don't need hell's fire. We don't need Egypt's furnace. We need this fire from heaven that is going to consume us. I've been praying about this. We've got light of fire in Goochland. Let your presence come upon your people. Let, let a fire come that cleans. Let a fire come that burns up the old and ignites the new. Let, let a fire come that lights a passion inside of people for the very presence of God. There's a hunger 
for God in the United States of America. People are saying America's dead. It's, no, I don't believe that at all. I believe that God has plans for our country. And there is a hunger for God going on. People, I talk to pastors all the time. New people are walking into churches that haven't been there in a long, long time, have never been there. Listen, let's not give them technology. Let's bring them into a presence that has a holy fire inside of it. The spirit of revival working in us. Romans 12, I will give myself to him as a living sacrifice. Holy Spirit, come, you who are a fire, come ignite a fire. Would you stand with me? I want to pray my best prayer over you. Maybe worship team could come. you're comfortable just lift your hands with me if you're not comfortable doing it do it anyhow <laughs> says we receive this kingdom we receive from heaven we don't earn it we receive it Holy Spirit I'm asking you Come with your manifest presence. Reveal yourself. Reveal yourself. Holy Spirit, come and breathe upon Victory Church. Come and, come and be light in this place, Holy Spirit. You who are light. Come, come and pour love. Liquid Holy Spirit, pure holy love into this house. And you who are a consuming fire, we throw our lists away. And we say, you come. You ignite passion. You give us your list. Come light a fire. Light a fire. Come, Holy Spirit. Manifest yourself. Let a heart begin to burn inside of people. A hunger for your word. Hunger for your ways. Hunger for fellowship with you. Hunger for mercy. Come and light a fire. In Goochland, I pray. <coughs> God, we thank you, God, for who you are. And Lord, I just pray over every single family and every individual. God, I pray that in our own hearts and minds, God, that there just be that revelation of the things, Lord God, that you want to burn away and the things, Lord God, that you want us to burn for, the things that you want us to be passionate for. And Lord, I just thank you for clarity and tangibleness to that, Lord Jesus. Father, we yield 
ourselves to you. And Lord, we, we love that concept of you consume us. We're not here to consume you. You consume us. We trust you today. We trust that what you burn away is the things that need to be burned away. And the things that we burn for are the things that are in your heart. So Father, we just give you permission for each one of us, Lord God, to make that specific intangible in our hearts today, Lord God. What is burning away? And Lord, what passions are being ignited within us? We thank you, Lord Jesus, and we honor you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. And one, one last thing I want to share just before we go offline and, and before we conclude um, this morning is completely went out of my mind. <laughs> How's that for honesty? There was something really specific. Well, I remember Blockbuster, so that's probably the problem. Um, <laughs> Amen. Are you all thankful for Pastor Steve and Barb today? Thank you. We appreciate you all and your gift, and thank you for coming to our city and being here with us. Um, we thank you and honor you. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.com.